0: What would you say, if I were to tell you that it was possible for a man to turn into a werewolf?
1: I'd say, I was Little Red.
0: Riding order.
1: <laughs> you like scary
0: movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Welcome to Queer for Fear, your unasked for commentary on all things horror. I am your witch, David. And I'm your Princess Sean. So, you know, we're both queer for Oh, fear. We're not quite filled with fear, but we exude fear. That's what we decided, right?
1: (laughs) What all my wine bottles tell me?
0: (laughs) I'm the wine mom. We're the wine moms of horror. Uh, (laughs) That's the thing. I guess you're qualified
1: enough. (laughs) Not really, but that glass you're pretending to hold is fine.
0: Well, so we're doing this in an attempt to not monetize because no one will ever pay us for this. Uh,
1: No, never monetize, but definitely bring the wine awareness. I mean, just the awareness. To horror and horror horror-ish things and i'm not just talking about my reflection but also queerness and like the overlap of queer and horror but also like not the overlap of queer and horror
0: yeah because we're not just going to talk about gay things gay horror movies because there's not a no, whole no there's
1: like four <laughs> right maybe five depending on you know how you read the texas chainsaw the massacre but it's fine
0: yeah that was definitely well, a queer metaphor Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's a different podcast. Well, and I just think everyone's gay. (laughs) Yeah. That's why you're banned from half the places in Baltimore, but it's fine. Possibly. Oh, yes. We live in Baltimore. That's how we met. That
1: is how we met. It's a really regretful interaction, but it's
0: fine. Here we are. Nobody has to say anything. I'm cute and I wear
1: a lot of pink. (sighs) Oh, I wear all black. (laughs) Shocker. Why do you think we do this? She's I'm a little... the deep philosophical one who says all of the magic and does all of the spells, and I just show up, drink litter, and drink wine. It's fine. Yes, I said drink litter because that happened once, and who cares?
0: It's pride. We'll do it.
1: Recyclable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. anyways. Um. Yeah, we met and just always talk about this shit anyway, so we thought, why not record it? Right, and but it like, dig internet. into
1: how we met. Go ahead. I don't remember. Explain it. You I was really probably don't. drunk. You were.
0: I actually don't but remember But so was I. I
1: so we really need a third person to be like, this is how you two happened.
0: <laughs> okay, Sean's cat, if you okay. can't hear that. Well, if anybody's He's wondering who something. sounds like they're
1: getting shot up right now, <laughs> That would be the cat dealing with the cardboard post. Which would be fine, but we can't move it because one of us is allergic to cardboard. So it's hysterical. And since I'm currently mic'd in with a small glass of wine because nobody decided to pour me one large enough to make it through the broadcast, we're just going to let the cat do her own thing.
0: Of course she would sabotage us.
1: That hits her enamel the- Yeah, that's exactly this. what she does. So... <sighs> Now that we introduced ourselves and everybody's already checked out of our podcast, why don't you go ahead and just say what attracted you to horror?
0: They've already <laughs> blocked us on every social media
1: platform. <laughs> We're going to be blocked beyond that. Like, people are going to find non existent scroffs and grinder
0: profiles and be like,
1: nah, bitches.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. I've never had a grinder profile.
1: Well, that's one of us, but it's fine.
0: Anyways, yeah, so. Horror? What about you? Were you always a spooky bitch?
1: When did this become an let's interview the princess question? Well... Why do I have to start it? I fine. Like I like story. Mean, it's cute. Yeah. Oh, it's adorable. No, I was not always into horror. You are a hormonal teenager. I was a hormonal teenager and a hormonal teenager at the same time. Um, no, I, I loved action and I loved comedies growing up. I had, like, I grew up in a household where horror was like, no, don't. Like, the worst thing was, like, religiously banned? No, just, like, they didn't like it, so they didn't watch it. So it was, like, the worst that it was was, like, The X-Files, so I grew up, instead of thinking The Exorcist was the worst thing, it was, like, whatever, like, you know, Scully and Mulder were up to, like, you know, fuck! Okay, like, that was the worst thing of it. Like,
0: the X-Files were scary? That's adorable. That was the
1: worst thing I was exposed to. And then it was like 2004, 2005, and I finally could explore my own route or whatever. And I decided, oh, sure, okay, let's try this. So what it ended up with was like, you know, Buffy versus a girl with bad banks, And I was like, oh, this isn't as terrifying as I thought it was. And then that just changed it all. But I mean, like, if I was to read you, which I feel like I can do very well, considering that right now you at least have some brown on, so excuse me. But let me guess. You were much younger than I was, which explains a lot. I was. you are
0: older, so God oh bless. Oh my God, you can't just tell I can people just, that I'm older.
1: Yeah, I can. You're not that much of a lady, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm an ancient hag. I'm actually an ancient, like, eldritch creature, bog witch. That's true. If you could see her face right now, you'd be
1: crying. mm mm-hmm. uh, But notwithstanding, I just want to put money on it and I don't really know this story to heart so it's not like I have any bias whatsoever in making this guess but like you're that type of queen that was like oh my first horror into horror was because of the exorcist just like most of like w- everybody that grew up in ancient times
0: and by that I mean the 70s so it's fine it was the exorcist oh my god shocker it was the exorcist oh my god kill me my grandmother was a total horror stan oh. yes I'm using that That's word who
1: did it it was gam gam it, well, we called her Grams. Oh, excuse me. That's what I call my grandfather. That's not awkward at
0: all. Call your grandfather Grams. I know. Well, kind of. <laughs> Anyways. Don't that's, ask. That's more of a female grandparent pronoun, but that's okay. That's your opinion. That's not 2020. So, Don't read into it. That's rude. My grandmother actually did not like my mother at all, so she thought it was funny where when we would go hang out at her house, she would give me a mixing bowl of ice cream and like pour candy all over it. We're talking like 11 p.m. And then show me a scary movie like The Exorcist and then send me home to my mother. So follow up, because I have a lot that I want to digest from that. Not okay. just the amount of ice cream because
1: God bless Willy Wonka's sister. Um, was this like mommy's mom or was this like
0: daddy's mom? This is mommy's mom.
1: Ooh, that's a lot of like family shit to like digest right now. It's a now. lot of family drama. And
0: I don't have enough
1: boxed wine to carry me through the conversation, so I don't want to tackle that. No offense. Right. You understand. It's fine. Great. So. They never recovered. It's okay. fine. Oh, I'm sure. If, <laughs> if mommy's mom was showing you The Exorcist, she was just trying to fuck over mommy in real life, having you scream. And instead, you probably just fell in love with pea soup spilling, head turning you know, crucifix fucking Reagan. And you
0: were like, it's normal. Right, well, well my grandmother uh, positioned it as being a comedy to me. So she was like, oh, this is a comedy. So I grew up thinking, oh, the, the Exorcist is a comedy film. And now when I say that to any normal person, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I hope you're in therapy. And I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> Well, we but, know at least one of us is in therapy. Probably both of us should be, but that's a different conversation entirely. Look, every queer person needs therapy. Do we? But to me, horror is like therapy. Why? Well, that's a really deep question I wasn't prepared to answer. Well, we're going off but, your because it's so bulleted script here. Well, to me, horror is therapy because... It exhibits the most extreme forms of human nature, and we don't have to hopefully play out those extreme scenes in real life.
1: You mean upskirt shots of people in Transformers don't count?
0: No. Oh, or. That's just depressing. <laughs> or, you know, people wearing each other's faces. Okay, that's in like maybe three
1: movies. Four, mm-hmm. if you count House of a Thousand Corpses like an actual film, but like the studio hacked it up so much that it's more like a music video. And yes, I blame the studio, not Robin. Williams. I also
0: consider House of a Thousand Corpses a comedy. By Thank the way. you. Well, shocker, <laughs> it's, it's totally it totally is. <sighs> yes. So, no, I think that it's actually not weird at all for queer people to be attracted to horror because it's flamboyant for one. So it's very ridiculous and extreme and over the top in most in most cases, that's kind of a generalization.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's very generalized.
0: but because there are subtle horror films, right? Are there I mean, it depends on what you're considering subtle.
1: And <laughs> what are you since you
0: brought it up? what What do I think is a subtle horror movie? Yes, um like Pan's Labyrinth. <laughs> that's subtle. Yeah. It's like a dark fairy tale. Yeah, exactly. So, like, But
1: then that could mean you're arguing dark fairy tales and or fairy tales altogether are horror, so I guess that's fine.
0: No, yeah. Ish. Is it queer? Well, I think everything's queer.
1: And of course you do.
0: But the... Pan- Says the girl that walks around in massive amounts of pink half the time. The Pan character in Pan's Labyrinth, I think, is totally like a queer spirit, though. Right? The fawn. Yeah, the fawn. Somebody did their research. Well, I'm also a pagan, so I know like where that all comes from. Okay. So We're just
1: <laughs> learning so much about you during this, aren't we?
0: I know. I have such I a fascinating backstory. It's so fascinating. Would I be the final girl? Uh, in what? Between you and I? Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, it's not going to be me. <gasps> Who would survive?
1: Oh, <laughs> I will go out on a blazing glory of pink. If anybody wants the closest reference, see Elizabeth Moss and fucking us. Okay? Ooh. Yeah.
0: Like, is it vodka o'clock? I don't know. Let me go get shanked. Well, I feel like you would be like the second to last girl who's like legitimately putting up a fight. Like, fuck you. I'm not going out without a fight. I'm going to bring you down with me. She still dies in the end. But (laughs) I feel like that's your thing. Thank you for at least... Conceding to the fact that either way, I get to die. I don't think I would be a final girl either in real life, though, because I'm too trusting of people. I mean, you're just too gullible. You'd hear a noise and be like, Oh my god, a dog! And the next thing you know, you just end up with your head
1: whacked off. Yep. And then we'd all just be sitting there being like, Well, damn. Exactly. I guess
0: being a pagan didn't prepare you for that. Nope. <laughs> Something that really reminds me of that is... Uh, uh, Blair Witch Project, Book of Shadows—that's the movie that nobody ever wants to talk about, but that apparently on the
1: pilot episode you want to. So any of the three followers that are probably still with us are now ditching. Go ahead, please. Can't wait but to see how this one turns out. That's an
0: amazing example of. So they had that character Erica, who was the Wiccan in the movie and she was like it's fine we're gonna go into the spooky situation people are being killed yeah. but but i'm a witch and i like am doing my protections she was literally True. the first person to die they're like That's you're that dead. was sad but i mean at least you have <laughs> you know netflix
1: is saving you with all of the sabrina realness
0: yeah also like horror adjacent
1: exactly horror adjacent but still so appropriate and like this Like, yay, post-Me Too movement, feminism, 2020, female power, everything.
0: Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can... uh, In a way, all of these new, like, horror-adjacent things that are coming out are building blocks from a lot of, like, older, probably mid-90s feminist horror films where The Final Girl wasn't just, like... A traumatized victim, but someone who is like really reclaiming their power.
1: So what I'm hearing you saying is that you're trying to connect it back to the craft,
0: well, which no. is somebody's favorite movie of all time. Yeah, my favorite movie of all time is also my favorite horror movie, The Craft. Yeah, but however, um, I actually consider Craft horror adjacent because that's fair. It's not like it's legitimately not a scary it's movie. Definitely like, queer though. It's, it's more of a thriller. Mm. So did you know that The Craft trivia, by the way? wasn't originally meant to be r-rated but at the time the um what do you call it motion picture association the mpa yeah so they had a rule at the time this has been since disbanded that any movie that featured underage people doing witchcraft or sorcery or necromancy had to have an r rating it didn't matter if like the whole rest of the movie was like the plot of frozen if it was real life
1: So what I would really like to rewind to real quick is that do you believe that the main plot of the craft is similar to the main plot of Frozen? Because I've never seen Frozen and like honestly if we're gonna make this connection, I might actually be willing to watch Frozen. Yes. I don't generally support Frozen just because as an educator outside of a podcast hosting gig, which isn't even really a gig, it's an excuse to overly drink wine.
0: I, I don't stand to use your verbiage that you used earlier in this, I didn't know. Well, Elsa had a misunderstood magical power and her parents died, just like Sarah's parents in the craft. She had to find a community and in Elsa's community was her village. They didn't understand her power. They wanted to kind of take advantage of her. So kind of, I'm stretching a little bit. Yeah, This is a little bit of a stretch. I'm
1: just, I'm like reciting the plot of the craft in my head and I'm like looking at this and being like, I don't think anybody looked at the camera I was like, do you want to build a snowman? No. That would be a really cute mashup though.
0: Those are your words. (laughs) I will let you have those. Good. (laughs) This is why I'm not a director. (laughs) Because. I mean, neither am
1: I, clearly. My ideas are equally as bad in different ways. But right now, this segment is not about me, so I can pass judgment on you. It's fine. I love you dearly. (laughs) I realize I've come across very mean during this.
0: Well, then what's your favorite scary movie? (sighs) Rosemary's Baby. What? Really? You've never told me that before. Well, I had to have some surprises. You know this. Wow. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Rosemary's Baby. Okay. It's. So, you are it's, a fan of the, 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 the classics? I mean, I love movies. I love the classics.
1: I mean, I can name more modern stuff, but I feel like if people were going to be like, oh, she's going to go modern, it's going to be like, you know, Hereditary or Midsummer, which is very horror-adjacent, almost horror-comedy-esque. Like, I don't really know which one I found more hysterical, Jennifer's Body or Midsummer. Um... Just to be clear, I All did find the summer actually very funny uh <laughs> also a comedy it It was a bad relationship comedy, but it was so amazing uh, no i I think like after watching Sarah Michelle Geller fight a chick with bad bangs, um I really was like, maybe I should take this shit a bit more seriously instead of shallow <laughs> and watching her finally lose to a poor haircut um. So I I did my research and I did you know watch a lot just because I was fascinated with this idea of people were okay with cinema that showed explosions and was like shallow plot lines and no characterization and like uh. let's just put millions of dollars into creating CGI and and creating things to blow up in the background and just stun audiences with visuals rather than giving them a reason to be invested. When there was a whole field of things that allowed people to feel, whether good or bad. I mean, you can watch Friday the 13th and be like, well, it's, you know, follows all the horror tropes of, you know, she wasn't a virgin and she was a whore. Or this is the virgin, this is the nerd. They all need to do this and do that. Right. But I mean, like, it's still, like, you were able to identify and, like, point out the tropes. Which is what I think Scream did so brilliantly was, you know, Kevin Williamson wrote those rules and was like, here they are. I, I think... Oh,
0: you think he wrote the rules? Hmm. Yeah, That's I mean, I, I, I think
1: take. the one thing of, like, even The Exorcist, which, as great as it is, and I'm not here to serve as a counterbalance to you, being like, oh, gosh, yes. I, I just think the one thing that makes Rosemary's Baby different. And I'm not here to defend Roman Polanski. I'm not here to claim that anything, you know, because I, if we're going to get personal views, of course, I'm not going to support him. But I'm thinking if we're talking a craft of a movie, I think what makes Rosemary's Baby so terrifying isn't the, the demonic presence, which it absolutely is. I mean, there's the whole sex scene. There's the whole dream, lucid, you know. But it, it is it's just the... just a normal Tuesday night at my house. Uh, Well, of Of course. It is for you and all of your love, um, but it's the fear of of the person that you spend or you choose to spend your life with. I think it's the corruption of the husband, I think it's the idea mm. of the greed. I think it's the like when he decides to follow the neighbors and listen to their advice and take part into the the like love of having the demonic spirit and pray. I, I really do believe that it is that's what makes it the most terrifying. The exorcist is mm. this outside force warming its way into this little girl. Totally and yes, I think true. I think yep. what makes the exorcist terrifying is this force that can happen to a child. But what I think is the most terrifying thing about Rosemary's baby that I would argue makes it more plaguing and, and cautionary than the exorcist is the fact mm. that it it is it taps into something that every person eventually identifies with which is true love and so it's a cautionary tale mm. of can you actually trust the person that you give everything to because she did yeah. and and she fights until the end off of that even in the horrible NBC remake that occurred several years ago with Zoe Saladona blah 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 whatever we don't but acknowledge that we, well we, <laughs> I, I love her so I will but <laughs> like to me what made that far more terrifying because i did see it relatively after i started getting into horror and i was like this isn't scary was the fact that somebody that you decide to allow into your life so the exorcist was about something invading someone's life so it was this demonic presence invading a family invading a girl's life and invading all of that like at a very broad core but to me rosemary's yeah. baby was like somebody attacking the essence of who you are and and especially because it was motherhood so it was like literally this idea of creating another being so it was like not only this layer of like love of you but like the power that you held was being corrupted because of somebody's desire to have their dreams filled and it was just this really terrifying notion like even at a young age and I was that just, everything you I think was, is wrong yeah I was just terrified like anytime that movie came on I was like I refused like I would watch The Exorcist over Rosemary's Baby easily and I, and I did I for a very long time preferred watching The Exorcist and, and having that interaction and like Ellen Bernstein and just William like brilliant direction of that compared to like Roman Polanski's intimate just very in your face like even the cinematography of just the way that it was shot was just always so like the intimacy was front forward in your face like she changed her whole appearance she got her hair cut she lost like mia lost weight for the role like did all of this and the whole Mm -hmm. thing was just to allow this like story of violation of the most intimate parts of a
0: person like let alone a female that's a whole separate conversation and it played off that really beautiful folk horror trope of your entire community being in on something that you're yeah, not. Yeah, I mean
1: the fact that the neighbor won the Oscar. God, right now too much wine. But like Shirley, oh, what is her name? Wow. I'm gonna I'm to... gonna pay for this in the comments. <laughs> like I'm I'm for sure that if we get comments, but we won't get
0: comments. It's we we
1: definitely won't. But I mean like. There was an Academy Awards awarded to the people that played The Neighbors. So, like, this whole slimy endeavor was, like, so rewarded because it was so well-earned. Right. Like, it just works your way in and just... So, that was my, like, as a kid and a teenager, that was my scariest... That was mine. Like, I didn't have a grandma feeding me
0: ice cream to watch The Exorcist. I had a grandma bring me fruit to watch Indiana Jones. But I was actually... I think I was an adult when I first saw Rosemary's Baby. Like, not purposefully. It just, like, didn't come up for me. It was my... Why. I mean, and I did, I did see an exorcist at a young age. I mean, well, I considered
1: it younger. I don't necessarily know if it was young.
0: Not young for you. Uh,
1: I mean, definitely not young for you, since you are the old queen here. Wow. But, wow. I'm sorry. I'm just going to let that one stay for a while. <sighs> Uh, did it burn? I hope so. Um, no, I, I definitely just, it felt more terrifying. I think the thing that made the exorcist scary was just the fact that it was a lot of unsettling images that mm-hmm. just spontaneously popped up. Yeah, so it, it, it invented, was just relying on shock it, horror. It sort of invented the jump scare.
0: Right. Um, mm-hmm. it was the modern... Even though in, in reality, reality the there weren't scare. actually a lot of jump scares in the Exorcist, like there were a no, but it was like ones, the
1: but... over it was the overlays of the images, and it was the overlays of like, you know, the statue with whatever else was going on or mm-hmm. and and not to argue that Rosemary's baby didn't have those moments because definitely in the demonic conception scene, it it had a lot of overlays and and her screaming, "You know, this isn't a dream, and you have the nails of the demon going across her back and everything. but, It just, everything about The Exorcist made it feel so grand on a scale. So, like, you're overseas, you have the desert, you have them finding the temple, there's the statue, there's always this, like, cut to, to, like, you know, his giant statue. And so it's like the demonic presence is never really mm -hmm. clarified, but, yeah. So it's always just the statue over and over again. And so you're like, okay, okay. But then it's like, you know, you get to the moments where it's like she walks downstairs during the dinner and she pees herself oh, by the, so the piano and, and she goes upstairs and she's flailing back and forth or she's like thrusting That's how I introduce myself to enter
0: every dinner party. Just like walk out into well, the dinner party. Well, if we ever knew really carpet.
1: loved water sports, here we go. <laughs> oh, yep. To bring it back to the queerness right now. There you go, everybody. If you're listening, Just water call sports. Just Reagan. This one. She answers to Reagan. Wow. Just find her own scruff later. It's totally
0: fine. Just kidding. That's not an endorsement, nor a, just let it go. Or does that make you Pazizi then? Because you like to enter everyone. <laughs> it sounds a little rapey. I mean, then what's the difference between Zuzu and
1: Harvey Weinstein? No one knows. Oh, um, we're soon? going there. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no. Am I wrong? It's no, but... that's why we're listed as explicit. We could say whatever we want hopefully, without consequence. Probably gonna die now, it's fine. I should have probably given a fake name before recording this. Uh,
1: listen, I can tell you I live in Baltimore. <laughs> it's fine. I just, I, I think The Exorcist was like this grand envision of like an invader into a system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Rosemary's Baby was this very, like it attacked the most personal thing could. Especially because it was, you know, it was a mom, and it was a baby, and it was, like, this idea of, like, that wasn't explored before. But, like, even for me before, I was, like, so aware of, like, how I stood in, on rights and views and, and all of that. It was, like, literally just, like, this idea of somebody who claimed to love you and care for you the most, which was something that I always wanted to have, just betraying you for the sake of, like, success and fame and money
0: and... Right. Yeah, I, I mean, that speaks to a latent fear that I think all queer people have on some level, which yeah, is... Yeah, like, where's the connection to the queerness? And here we go. Well, you, you being the deep philosophical one you are. I'm a deep itch. But no, I think uh, that one's She actually, loves going deep. Fine. I think, I think that one's kind of obvious, right? Like... Uh, And this is kind of a trope in a lot of horror movies, right? It's like, there's there's always this sense of, like, isolation, betrayal. Even people who said that they love you are going to betray you when shit gets tough. Yeah, and I think... Because a lot of us had, like, people who were close to us who abandoned us when we came out because they couldn't deal.
1: Yeah. Yes. And I I think for both of us, I can sort of now seeing, because, you know, we don't do a lot of prep for a show... Or point, any. At least right now. Or any prep. <laughs> um, we have like a word doc with like a little bit of bullet points. But I, I, I think it follows us with what we think. You know, I, I've i met Mia Farrow and I've met or or been in at least conversational spaces. And it is it is something where you know, your your interpretation and your fear of, of whatever the movie is kind of stays with you. And so being queer and like watching that really like any any sort of horror movie that involved like a violation of trust. So like even something as simplistic and and not necessarily scary, but I view equally as brilliant, like The Strangers, um mm-hmm. Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman. Mm-hmm. Like just that whole idea of like a relationship falling apart. And not necessarily like spoiler it, there's no betrayal between the two leads, but like just the, the like, they start the movie, they don't, and like they're thrown into the situation, and like the, the clarity and like the care throughout the course of the film that like alters, I, I think changes. So for me, like growing up and I, identifying that like i was attracted to men and like i was very feminine nature and, and loving like this idea of being referred to as princess which was a self-designated <laughs> nickname but still it stuck i don't care i was gonna ask yeah. yeah no um the the name princess i gave myself because duh who else was gonna do it no one um but i mean like to me the scariest movies were always the ones that were about like a violation of space and it wasn't necessarily horror. It could be horror adjacent. It could have been an action movie, but it was like something that, that just violated like the most inner sanctum of like trust and love and like human nature that proved most vile. Like I was fine with like Freddy Krueger and Hellraiser to a degree. Um, but like all of those, really like what everybody considers, like oh, you're doing a horror podcast. You need to talk about X, Y, and Z. Like I was fine with all of that. Like Jason Voorhees, and, and but it was like the smaller stuff, like getting into the debates about the classics, like The Exorcist versus Rosemary's Baby, and which one is better. Um, which they didn't come out at the same time. They they were a little bit apart. But yeah. it was
0: it was just Rosemary's Baby was after I
1: would have to check. But, I don't. I would honestly remember. After. Um, but it, it, it really was, like, this idea of what I valued as, like, the most personal connection to a human. Especially realizing that I didn't fit the mold of, like, man and woman. And, like, nobody growing up in the early 1990s and 2000s was making movies about men and men or women and women. Like, it wasn't a thing. Like, even now, like, today, like, if they make a movie with a queer couple, <laughs> spoiler alert, one of them is gonna
0: die. See the horrible opening of It Chapter 2. Um, or they both die, like American Horror Story Season 1. <laughs>
1: yeah. That Chad, too. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. I, <laughs> I just was bringing it in because it was 20-fucking-19 and we're still doing that. But whatever. Sorry. It happened
0: in yeah. the book. It's a whole separate podcast. But... It happened in the book could actually be a, a whole podcast name. That's exactly <laughs> why I just said it could be a whole separate thing. But I, I, it, it just... It's... The the stuff that preys
1: on regardless of like sexual orientation or identification or like any sort of desire, the shit that like plays on fundamental sort of aspects of everyday life Human I find nature. most mm-hmm. terrifying.
0: Yeah. Um no, that, that's totally fair. And I would even so to, to this argue day, that every good horror movie does that to some degree. Every good horror movie. Exactly. Every good but how horror often movie does, does a
1: truly good horror movie come out?
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the best horror is it's not about the jump scares. It's the shit that gets into your head exactly. and keeps you up at night. Not because of some terror of some unseen force, but something that, like, Gave you like the psychological willies. No, and you love horror for, well, it made
1: you, you little witch, you. (gasps) Oh my God! Yeah,
0: I know. It's like Salem.
1: Oh, (laughs) Oh, she's not in Sabrina enough as a sidebar. Anyway. Anyways, yeah. But we're hoping through this podcast that we can. Talk about a bit broader, not just individual themes of, of shit. Because, God, or just knows, our, our random I can life vent and rant and go off topic. But
0: we, we will our have true some topical goal, episodes. Yeah, is that
1: we can dig into some already covered on numerous podcast stuff, but do it fastly while drinking wine. Topics of queerness and horror and just being gay in a climate film. Because, like, you know, outside of hate, reviews. let's take the fear out of our podcast. Harley Quinn, great movie. Love the feminism, love, like, the all-female squad of it. Not making enough money at the box office, but shocker, because, you know, it killed Ghostbusters in 2016.
0: Let's just watch it happen again in 2020, because we haven't mm-hmm. learned anything. No, we have learned nothing. We have not. But we, we will also look at some specific movies and possibly tear them to shreds. So please, if you actually manage to stay through this, tweet us on Twitter, at one
1: queer for fear one <laughs> right that i forgot the fear i was just we're gay t- in that moment it's fine let's admit it <laughs> not the, I'm the gay person. one she's the fear one love right. us send up some comments tell us your hate
0: we love the hate smash that subscribe button which we will smash have. that subscribe button share it with all of your friends like it's tell a us what a train a wreck we site. are we all know that we are it's fine they don't have to tell us we already know oh duh They've already blocked us at this point.
1: That is true. I've said that like three times. So if they made it until the end, congratulations. You get no prize whatsoever. But money. The shame you get that you can to tell your friends. No, we don't have money. We don't have any money. I'm a school teacher by day. And you work for I'm a, a non profit. So it's not like we're oozing anything. But please stay tuned, enjoy, and we'll see you next time. Because you know what? We're queer. For fear.
0: We are. We're here for fear, we're queer for fear.
1: Exactly. So, good night, good luck, stay gay, and by God,
0: watch a scary movie. Special thanks to our producer, Phil. Phil Reese is a DJ and podcaster in DC. Like Visit his website, philipjreese.com, uh-huh. and subscribe to, to his movie? podcast, Whole Phil, wherever you get your podcasts.